I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. There is no past, there's no future, there's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay, that's part of the deal. It's how I respond to it. Okay, welcome to uh, episode one of this three-part series for coaches working on you and your mindset. And like Rachel and I have been discussing this previously, um, and we've kind of worked with so many athletes in the past and so many coaches in the past, and we see this problem with um, with coaches time time again that we want to help others, we want to kind of encourage others to get to their new levels. But our own mindset stands in the way as coaches. Like I've been there. Um, Rachel, have you been there? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely been there. Well, we've definitely, definitely been there ourselves. Um, I've personally really struggled with burnout, which is something we're going to touch on. Um, we I definitely, definitely lost the love of training too, and it's felt like a chore. Mm-hmm. Um, income problems too, like associated with training. Yep, been there. Like we've we've both been there. And the thing about coaches as well is it if I understand that helping coaches, helping you guys who are listening to this has this effect, not just on you, which is great, but also all the athletes you work on as well. Um, Rachel, why is, I know I've just covered a lot of ground there, but why is this um, meaningful to you? Why is helping coaches important? You know, it's like you said, there's a trickle down effect. If more coaches are working and training at their mindset, then more athletes will be better served. And coaching is to me, one of the most important professions, whether it's a physical, uh, you know, athletic coach or a mindset coach, our job is to allow people to live their most fulfilling lives. And when we do that, that has a trickle down effect into the rest of their life and the people that they know. So it's, there's this interconnectedness to coaching that makes working with coaches really important to me. And as you said, I was a coach who really struggled with mindset and working at mindset made me a better CrossFit coach. So that's, that's really my hope for today. Yeah, there's one thing that happens along that journey, which is that you kind of attune yourself to different sensitivities of mindset and psychology. And in doing that, you can pick up on more subtle cues from your athletes as well. And you get this connection, you start to, it's like... It's like the Matrix scene where you start to see reality as it is. You're like, oh, this is how people are actually feeling. Like they're just feeling like me. Um, I get this connection to them now. They understand me. And I don't know about you, but what I found is like, well, one of the things that I struggled with. Actually, I don't think you've probably got this quite to the same degree as I do. Um, yeah. But like, I I struggle to connect with athletes and to kind of really have them um, kind of get me, and I get them. Um, and a lot yeah. of it was because I was turning away from my own sensitivities my own mindset Mm. um and what i needed to do was tune into that and then it seemed like athletes would kind of not flock around me but i'd have the kind of i'd be more stable in my own self that i was able to be less fearful of what athletes were feeling too so there was this massive benefit there um Mm. so yeah super super important so today what we're going to do 
is describe the three biggest problems that we feel um, affect athletes, oh, sorry, affect coaches and explain why they're there, um, what needs to happen, how we can kind of, we'll start to explain a little bit of how we can move through it. But really the most important thing to do initially is describe the lay of the land, see where we're at, see where like coaches are. And basically if you're a coach listening to this thinking, do you resonate with this? So number one, challenge number one that athletes face. What is it, Rachel? Oh, it's burnout. And like you, I struggled with burnout for sure. So when we see coaches who are burned out, they are so drained of emotional and physical and spiritual energy that they're whole life ends up suffering. So they have a constant need to take time off. Um, They don't like going to work anymore, which I think is one of the more heartbreaking things, especially if you once loved coaching and suddenly you don't want to go in and coach anymore. That's a really big sign of burnout. There's also a lot of tiredness and fatigue, um, dread going to work. Just not a fun time. Mm, It's like, like, well, I have to go back to my own story again. And yeah. I purely to say, look, I've been there and I understand what's like, it's, it's nothing inherently wrong with you. Um, it's just something that you're feeling at the time and we can work mm. through it with the right tools. And I remember cycling to a personal training client one day, actually, and just thinking, I do not want to be doing this. And obviously, because I live in England, it was raining or lived in England at that point. Um, it was raining and it was miserable. And like, I was like, I don't want to be doing this. It's so not worth it. It once was like, why am I doing this? And I just felt exhausted. Like, I just felt like, mm. just give me a few days off. Like, give me a holiday, like something just like, mm. because you're just, as a coach, you're constantly giving. You're constantly mm-hmm. like energetically, um, technically you're giving, 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 whether it's cues or whether it is emotional connection to people, you're just constantly opened out to other people. And that can definitely create burnout, especially if you're not the kind of the ever going extrovert, um, that a lot of coaches Mm. or a lot of the coaches that are, um, highlighted often are. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, some of the best coaches are introverts, but we have to mm. learn how to manage our energy properly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And Part of my yeah, time. that's <laughs> exactly. And that is one of yeah. the things that leads into burnout as well, because mm. we think as, um, as an introvert that we have to be an extrovert because those are usually the ones that are on social media, for example, those are the ones that we yeah. see at, um, for the most part at uh, level one seminars, for example, like kind mm-hmm. of big extra, I don't know, like uh, most people, but I remember mine as, um, big extroversion everywhere. Um, and feeling like as an mm-hmm. introvert, I kind of stood out a bit. So mimicking that wasn't the right strategy. Learning about my own mentality definitely was. Why do you think that coaches get burnt out, Rachel? You know, it often stems from saying yes to every opportunity rather than only yes to the opportunities that are uh, serving either growth or areas that a coach wants to develop. Mm -hmm. So if we say yes to everything, 
we're going to have too much on our plates. We have to be really discerning. And that's a, that's essentially um, people-pleasing. Um, you know, an athlete asks like, hey, can I work with you on this? Another athlete asks, can I work with you on this? And suddenly you don't have any time left for yourself to recharge because it is a big emotional energy uh, investment to coach classes and to do personal training. So that lack of alignment and honestly, inauthenticity uh, and a lack of boundary setting is a reason that burnout occurs. There can also be um, belief systems around not being good enough. And so always needing to say yes. And um, there's only one way to coach. So uh, like you were saying, Tom, I always have to be like on and like in this extroverted state, which is not natural to me. And so it's actually even more energy expenditure. Yeah. It's, I recently posted about that in, um, in an Instagram post about leaning into your authenticity. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's only one version of you. And even from like a business perspective and your coaching Mm -hmm. finances, which we'll get into later, like if you are constantly trying to compete with other people, you're never going to win. There's always going to be someone who can, um, who can, who can like out model the kind of the perfect in air quotes coach that you can, there's no one that can, out you you like you you've got the ultimate advantage in being you and that will lead you down your own path your own journey and bring athletes towards you who really identify with you or who really identify with your previous challenges or respect your skill set that only you can develop because you're interested in that and that's really like where you've got to go there is like okay authentically who are you can we get your actions aligned to that? Because otherwise you are going to feel like you're pretending to be someone else the whole time. And that is going to yeah. result in that kind of no emotion or no, sorry, no emotional energy, always fatigued, essentially burnout. It's, it's unsustainable to try and be someone else the whole time. Yes. It's so, so true. Yeah. Mm. There's this element of people pleasing, which I think is worth drawing out that you mentioned just then as well. Mm. It's like, yeah. if we don't know our own vision, we don't really know what makes us tick as an individual, then Mm -hmm. we're going to go around saying yes, because we value other people's opinion more than we do. And we can look to external authority rather than trusting our own internal authority, which again, if you're constantly running around, like thinking, Oh, am I right? Am I not right? Am I, is this person right? Is like, you've got to, you're going to get burnt out again because you're, you're never trusting yourself and you've never got that stable center to you. Yes, 100%. You're going to be pulled in every direction if you don't have your own inner magnet. That's going to be the, exactly. <laughs> that's my metaphor today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a stable part of you, that stable part yeah. of you that is just solid and unmoving. Otherwise, you're flitting about everywhere, like trying to fulfill other yes. people's needs as opposed to your own needs. Um, and therefore, naturally, they, they don't see how tired they, you are because they're tired yourself. So it's going to feed into yeah. your burnout. Yeah. Mm. If, we don't get a hold of this if we don't mm. do something about it um we end up quitting coaching essentially like this is yeah. something that i've seen like you've must have seen it as well rachel like good yes. coaches people that you kind of actually it happened when i went away to canada and came back to the uk like two and a half years later and i'd got in, fu- in touch with a few people i'm like oh what are you up to now and it's like oh, I, I quit coaching i couldn't handle it. i just felt exhausted like i needed some mm-hmm. um i needed a break from it and yeah. it's um yeah it's really sad to see because these weren't mm-hmm. poor coaches in fact they're some of the better coaches that i knew but they just yeah. seem to go 
you know what, screw it, I'm done with this. And it, yeah. you could tell from speaking to them that it wasn't what they wanted. Mm, yeah, that's especially heartbreaking when uh, we see it happen with coaches who are not only good at coaching, but who loved coaching at some point. Mm. Yeah, so you yeah. lose something that you love. Yeah. Yeah, that's the common pattern. You like start coaching. You absolutely love it. You get your level one. You get your first few sessions that you're covering at another box. And you're like, you suddenly transition from just an athlete to an athlete and a coach. And you kind of start to Mm -hmm. like say, oh, you're picking up all these new skills, exciting coaching, all these new people. And somewhere along the road, you realize you're trying to be something you're not, or you are in this world of like, I've got to sacrifice and give everything in order to get where I want to get to. Um, and yeah. I can never take time for myself or something along those, or you end up saying yes, 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 yes. Instead mm. of like, no, like this is about me. Um, and mm. you end up quitting job or I think just as bad, maybe even worse as well is you end up miserable and not giving good service to people. And everyone senses that you've kind of, you're emotionally checked out, but you're still yeah. doing it and you're still coaching people because of this sense of obligation. Yeah. And then you create that cycle of, I don't like doing this. I'm doing it. People are not responding to me. I'm not yeah. responding to me. It's just that like vicious cycle of misery. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. A vicious cycle mm. of misery. No one wants that from their mm. coach. That's not the vibe that I want. To, <laughs> when I turn up to a 6am session, I do not want a vicious cycle of misery. It's my, it's my uh, nickname for the assault bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. You like that? Uh, yeah. Um, so burnout is the big one. Like that's one we see up front and it's like, we're going to get to income because I know that is the thing that so many coaches struggle with. Um, but mm-hmm. first, um, let's touch on something that's so closely related, which is losing the love of training. When I put out an Instagram poll of coaches, what do you struggle with most? Losing the love of training, losing the love of being in the gym, losing the love of coaching. That was in there. This thing that you once adored, this thing that was once such a keen part of your identity becomes something you not quite loathe, not quite despise, but are kind of ambivalent towards you kind of, you don't yeah. have that stoke that you want to, you're, n- you're never, you're not excited to just rip that barbell and go for a PR. You're not like enjoying yeah. the process. Um, yeah. Like how do you see, or what do you see when coaches have lost the love of training or love of being in mm. the gym? Yeah. You know, the thing that you said about like someone who once loved lifting is no longer completely stoked to like pick up the barbell and grip it and rip it. Uh, the other side of that is, uh, losing the love of training can also look like a coach who, you know, goes in and trains. They're like maintaining, uh, their training schedule, but they are so frustrated with lack of progress or frustrated, um, with any type of setback or failure, um, they they almost take it really personally, um, and it, that that creates this like it's no longer fun to train. It's just this source of pressure where like you have to perform, you have to be perfect when you show up to your training session. 
yeah, this idea of coaches have to be perfect and coaches have to be mm. in every possible way better than their athletes. We know that's not yes. the case. Otherwise, Justin Medeiros <laughs> would also be a coach to everyone else. Like that's yes, that's, that's not right. the way it works. That's that's really <laughs> not the way it works. Like you can't yeah. be better than your coaches. Uh, sorry, better than your athletes at everything. Yeah. Um, but this idea of like perfectionism or like I've got to be better than my athletes. I've got to mm-hmm. be this constant striving for success and constant linear improvement like it's funny because you'd never tell your athletes to do that if your athletes had plateaued for a month or two you wouldn't go oh like just give it up (laughs) you wouldn't say like just stop training you would say like okay take give it some time give it some patience and it's often like you don't take your own advice which is like one sign you're losing love of training like you don't take your own Mm -hmm. advice around like nutrition recovery training resting. like all of that yeah resting is a huge one um mm-hmm. so yeah that's one of the things that i personally see what else do you mm-hmm. see when when a coach has lost the love of training yeah that desperation to get out of the gym because you're just sick of the environment and that can be tied to that burnout right so it's just like i have been looking at these same four walls for whatever amount of time and i just cannot like look at it anymore i have to get out of here yeah and you can see why if you've been there since 5 30 in the morning and then you've kind of you popped out some like a snack quickly at 10 30 and you're doing mm-hmm. lunchtime class as well and you've been there for, forever like the last yeah. thing you want to do is like we one of the best co- uh, places i've coached but also one of the hardest um physically was crossed for all gate and the reason why is just because it's underground um, so it's in, oh. this, in the middle of the city and there's no light coming out there which meant that long oh. shifts in there were like tough, but you'd have to, like, you did it by getting out and getting back in, like getting out into the daylight yes. and kind of, oh yeah, this, this is what the sun looks like, that big yellow <laughs> thing in the sky, um, that, which is sometimes there. Um, yeah, yeah and say, it's like, not, in- <laughs> not always, <laughs> not always. Um, but yeah, like you, I'd look around, the, the, you see coaches struggling with this a lot, like losing the love of training. And it feels like, yeah. again, that imposter syndrome of like, am I really, going to be good enough or like do i deserve to be here if i'm not better than my athletes um are they going to catch me out they're going to see me for who i really am which is not this fit superstar um there's also this piece around like if i train hard are people going to catch up and catch me out i'm just not as fit as i could be um or as i feel i should be in again Mm. in air, air quotations yeah yeah they may even be missing like trying not to uh train with classes because they don't want to be seen, um, training around classes, you know, you bring up imposter syndrome. And I think it's almost this issue of, we know that coaches need to set the example, but there's this mismatch between setting the example through your results and your performance and setting the example through your character and what you're like teaching athletes about process and growth. So that's, that's like a big thing that we end up working on mindset with coaches. Yeah, like I couldn't have said that better. That is so right. Like we feel like we've got to mimic the results and establish Mm -hmm. the results that everyone else should be getting as opposed to establishing those character traits and re-emphasizing them time and time again so that people can look. And again, you're not going to hit perfection, but you can give an example of like, hey, this is the type of person that I'm going to be. And therefore, you know what, it's leading towards results as well, which you will get. Um, Losing the love of training, I think, is also created through this toxic productivity piece of like, Mm -hmm. I'm constantly giving 
I'm constantly kind of mimicking this, um, or not even mimicking, I'm constantly putting this effort out, but I'm not Mm. taking the time to solidify myself and relax and recover and rest, all those things that we know we should be doing. Um, And it's like that constant productivity, this idea that you get up at, again, very early for coaching, go to bed very late, and in between those hours, you are effective producing like from when you, your coaching classes that's constant time where you're like giving out yes. energy and then you kind yes. of finish and then it's um you do some admin to catch up with some income again for the next piece like we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that but like okay i'm going to do some admin or some cleaning in the gym to make up some more and then i'm going to do my social media stuff and then it's lunchtime classes or i've got a few pt clients mm-hmm. in between and then i'll quickly mm-hmm. go out and grab some food and like and then you're back into the evening classes um and it's just this yeah, it's it's hard work, and this this idea that I've got to be productive. If I'm not productive, it shows that I'm not yeah. good enough. Is something that coaches struggle with. Well, and I know coaches who work full days at the gym, right? Eight eight hours, nine hours at the gym, um, a full schedule, and then we'll go home and we'll answer emails at nighttime. And again, it's that idea of like I'm in a service industry, and so I have to be like responding to people immediately. So there's a lack of boundary setting between like I have office hours and I actually need to rest in order to give my best work. Mm, absolutely, and there's like linked into that idea as well of like this is what a good coach should be like so in service based world like this i should be there the whole time like who said like if you're in any other service industry um like they wouldn't expect the same person to get back to you like straight away they'd think okay there's there's shift patterns and someone will get back to me in the time that works for them um Mm -hmm. but also linked into that as well like there's this idea that a good coach should be the sport crossfit model like they should be able to snatch whatever they should be able to um do ridiculous number of toes to bar they should be competing at the sport but if Mm -hmm. that's not what is authentically and individually um salient and important to you yeah then it's not going to drive you it's not going to be exciting to you because it's not resonating with that fundamental part of you and therefore you will lose the love of training like you will lose that excitement that enjoyment yes absolutely because you're seeking an extrinsic external reward this like fitting in idea versus embracing the process and being intrinsically rewarded by something that you just love to do for the sake of doing it yeah my coaching went through a, a sketchy patch where i was coaching all right i think i was i was enjoying it and then i started to lose yeah. love of training and started to mm. this grind 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 um and at that point i started presenting jiu-jitsu and mm. having a different interest in training was enough to take my mind off crossfit for a few hours a day um yes. and it was enough to invigorate my interest in movement again and mm. it gave me this kind of interest in oh this is this is me this is exciting i'm doing this just for myself i'm not doing i'm not thinking about how am i going to transfer this to when i coach people i'm just thinking about like the next move or the next piece that i'm practicing um and that in turn made me a happier coach it made me a more effective coach and it made me a coach that had a bit more energy to give as well mm, for sure yeah mm. okay if we don't fix this losing love of training where do coaches go rachel often they give up coaching or give up training 
as we mm-hmm. said in the last one, right? Like something stops being fun. Uh, there's only so long that we're going to continue putting up with doing it. Humans just don't do that. Uh, often coaches will have significant plateaus in performance. And that's where that frustration uh, comes in. Frustration and like self-directed anger. Yeah, mm. I find that a lot of coaches and when I've struggled with this, like kind of losing the love of training as well, because I feel like, a, or because I had felt like I'd lost a important part of me. I began to see, oh, I began to get more conflicts I need to with loved ones. I think that's probably the, the way to put oh, it. I was like, started to yeah. be more tense at home, started to feel agitated. And when we've worked with coaches as well, we see this, like they're, they're not getting on as well with their spouses or their families or yes. their friends um, because yeah. they feel like they've lost a bit of them. They've lost like an authentic mm. part of them. Yeah. And we also see this as well, like if unchecked leading into injury, poor performance, like kind of um, getting sick and unhealthy. Because if you're not training, yeah. if you're not loving training, you're not going to train as much. And if you do, it's going to be with half effort. Um, yeah. So you're not going to have being good health too. And like that yeah. puts you in a, like it's more, a lot of coaches are coaching because they want to live that healthy lifestyle and it stops mm. becoming healthy it stops becoming yes. authentically healthy and starts becoming something else. This, this mimicry of a lifestyle that they feel they should, mm. or th- they should be producing. And it's, it's not authentic. Yeah, to them. yeah absolutely. Mm. I want to say too, that if we are not enjoying training, but we're coaching athletes through their training, it's really hard for our coaching to be good if we're not enjoying training ourselves, right? If we're not feeling that, um, you know, motivation and drive, how are we going to, you know, inspire our athletes? Again, oh, not through our performance, exactly. but through our character, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Some of the best yeah. coaches that I've ever had have been not, uh, they, they wouldn't have as high numbers of me in the open, for example. Mm-hmm. They We wouldn't yeah. be at that same level of performance, but they've been able to see something in me and connect with me in a way that's mm-hmm. got far more, from me than some of the worst coaches that I've had who have been technically brilliant, but awful communicators or technically brilliant, yes. but in no emotional connection whatsoever. Um, yeah. And like athletes are after connection. They're not yeah. after technical knowledge. Like everyone is after this connection. Is so, so true. Mm. So the big one, what is the final, go. um, they, I think everyone could guess this as well. I think everyone, whether they are a CrossFit coach or not, what is the big thing that athlete uh, that coaches struggle with when it comes down to mindset? It's not making enough income. It's having a lot of financial pressure uh, and having that sense of I'm never able to make enough money. I'm working so many hours and I'm so tired. Uh, and somehow I still have to work more in order to make more money. There's this constant need to like, you're scraping by and you're just not able to catch up. Mm, yeah. Like it's this constant financial pressure of like, yes. of, like um, it feels so horrible as well. Cause you're like, like when's this going to break? If, if you had a, like kind of a regular nine to five job, or if you were yeah. paid a regular hourly wage and you had that many hours, you'd be financially, at least you'd go, you know what? I'm like, at least financially I'm stay- safe and stable. But with coaching, there's always that kind of, those highs and lows that come along with that. Mm-hmm. And some of it's always linked to like, I'm not going to profess that 
mindset is the only thing that holds people back in terms of income there's logistical elements too like some coaches and some um, head coaches and some affiliate owners can only pay a certain amount some like depending on where you live geographically like you can only charge a certain amount like if you live in um, new york or london you're going to be able to charge more than if you live in the remote parts of the world um yeah so that comes into it but mindset is also a huge part of it and Mm. like I know personally as well, like my, because of what I learned as a child around financial success and lack Mm. thereof, I Mm. mimicked patterns that were unsuccessful and considered the normal and absolutely fundamentally Mm. believed that I was doing the right thing. Um, And then I've looked back and gone, Hey, you know what? Actually I was doing, I was making so many mistakes there because of the belief I had. Mm, absolutely. Well, you mentioned that, like that uh, warrior mentality, which I think would be really interesting to go into more. But the idea is like, I should be working as much as possible, and if I am not making enough money, then I should be working more. And then we go back to burnout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, look at that yeah. hustle and grind mentality that is so popular yeah. now. And it's like yes. the best athletes aren't the ones that are training fourteen hours a day. They're the ones that train very intensely for three, four, maybe five hours a day, but getting their recovery in as well and valuing that recovery time. The best authors, they don't just write continuously. They stick that and they write the article, write the book, they give everything towards it. And then they take a few months of recovering. Um, Like whatever is the best business people, they do exactly the same. They sprint It's a sprint kind of thing. And even throughout the day, it's like, okay, I'm going to sprint intensely for a few hours then I'm going to take Mm. a good rest and then do the same Mm -hmm. again. Um, Exactly. And what inevitably happens instead, instead of having these sprint recover um, issues is we think, okay, this is like a marathon where I've just got to slog through every single day. So you end up doing things like admin and cleaning to help you get by. Um, You do things like um, working with athletes that you'd really not work with and that don't suit your strengths and like you don't suit them either. And you're doing it all times of day and you are just working from 6am to 9pm and it's like, and then you're just on this constant stress. And I, I really think that the, the root of this is the scarcity mindset of there's not enough mm-hmm. to go around. If you're mm-hmm. constantly acting in this way of like, there's not enough and I've got to scrape everything together. People also sense that they don't want to work with you. And mm-hmm. also you're kind of like, you're going around like thinking, oh, I've got to take, 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 because there's not enough to go around. And it kind of, it, it yeah. bleeds into other people as opposed to giving. And that's what, that's who people want to work with at the end of the day. People who give and, and solve the problems that they have. Yeah, for sure. The scarcity mindset, especially around financial resources is really big. And there are so many, there are only so many athletes that any one person can work with, right? So there's, if there's a scarcity of anything, it's time. And the way that we learn to value our time is really important in mindset work. And I think that gets us into this idea that a lot of us who struggle with the financial insecurity, we're not able to sit down and create this longer term vision of how we want to be earning uh, more income in a sustainable and fulfilling way over time. Instead, we're filling our schedule with all of these little tasks, trying to piece together enough versus 
taking the long view and creating a plan and then figuring out ways to execute the plan over time. Yeah, exactly. Like we want a three-year vision where it's fleshed out of like, this is what I'm doing year one. This one I'm doing quarter one of year one. This one I'm doing year two, a broad goal. This is where I'm going to be year three. And like, sure, it's not going to go exactly to plan. Like never does. But having that longer term vision and taking some of the pressure off yourself weirdly attracts more people to you. You start working best. Mm -hmm. You start to turn up with like kind of a happier mentality because you trust that everything's going to be okay. Um, And like, there's a bit of like kind of it's useful to occasionally think, okay, what could go wrong here? And how can I work mm-hmm. around premeditatio malorum? Like here, it's like mm-hmm. it we need to work on that and kind of see what could go wrong and overcome it. But like having this long-term vision puts today into focus, which is not yes. everything, just something on the way there. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of almost needless to say about what happens if we don't fix this but it's worth pointing out because we often turn away from discomfort and what really happens is we end up broke we can't support our loved ones we get health issues from the stress like we're stressed constantly and we can't develop that connection with athletes we can't develop that connection with our spouses like we can't develop the connection with people that we want to spend time with our friends our family like it gets Mm. it gets difficult and um Yeah. yeah and i know that Finances is obviously a, one of the things that in the Western culture we don't talk about enough. Um, yeah. And I think this is, yeah, an important thing to, to begin to work on and to see clearly. Yes, I totally agree. Mm. So in summary, three big problems that people struggle with. Um, burnout, losing love of training or coaches struggle, sorry. Burnout, losing love of training and the financial side. It's not everything but it's the three big ones. Like there's other things like getting buy-in from athletes, negative self-talk, lack of confidence in coaching people, feeling judged by athletes and coaches. It's a lot and individuals struggle with their own individual pieces. Um, And if you'd like any assistance on that, if you'd like any insight, like message us on Instagram, look for at MindsetRX, MindsetRXD. And if you're ever going to overcome this, we need to realize that what is in the way is our story our mindset like that's holding us back and there's the physical aspect of like are you sleeping enough are you recovering enough are you mm-hmm. like uh, using light appropriately and there's also the story aspect and the story aspect is often the main one it's the one that truly holds us back it is the blockades mm-hmm. that once we remove that then we can we will be into our flow states. We'll be coaching better. We'll um, be enjoying the coaching better. And that's really what we want to get to next episode. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be diving to like what success actually looks like. How, what does a good mindset look like as a coach? Um, and what, how can you start to work towards that? And um, we really need to know where we've been or where we are right now that's point a that's what we've worked on um and then we need to know where we're going to get to what is point b what's the objective anything to add to that rachel i have nothing to add to that well if you've been listening to this and you're a coach and you are interested in learning more about your mindset then I'd recommend messaging us on instagram like i said mindset rxd um mindset rx check us out and shoot us a message and 
inquire about pre-registering for our level one, our coaches cert level one. And this is an introduction to mindset training for coaches, a five week intensive mindset session for coaches. And yeah, like we're taking pre-registrations, applications aren't open properly yet, but they will be soon in kind of mid-April is when we're going to be starting. But pre-registration is available and you'll not only get access to um, early bird spots, but you'll get access to an early bird discount too.